coming up on Art Palace. I mean, that's the importance of art, whether it be visual or written or theatrical. Like, that's how you maintain story. Welcome to Art Palace, produced by Cincinnati Art Museum. This is your host, Russell Eyrig. Here at the Art Palace, we meet cool people and then talk to them about art. Today's cool person is Jared O'Rourke, Director of Education at Wordplay Sensi. So you lived in Tampa. Did you come here specifically to work for Wordplay or that's what brought you here? Yep. I was uh, looking... I was I was out of I got out of the arts after 15 years and I took a year of um corporate no that's not me <laughs> um so I mean a long story short yeah the job came up it's a weird coincidence on how everything happened but yeah so I just moved up here for the position okay what it, what is exactly your position and what so, do you do with wordplay I'm the director of education okay um a lot of it because the organization is so new it's about 6 years old mm-hmm. it's now over six years old, um, a lot of it is still being defined, and, st- and which is kind of the excitement and the fun of it all. Um, but it's you know creating programming that works for people of Cincinnati uh, going into the public school system. We do a lot with Aiken and Chase and South Avondale and a couple of other schools, um, and working on not so much bringing in what's kind of a box program, which is you know we create it on site and we're going to take it to you and it works everywhere. But instead looking at the school culture, what does the school culture need? So instead creating, we're going to do haikus. I'm just making this up, but haikus, but what will work? What are the haikus about? Well, what is your culture need? What do the students need? Um, What do the teachers need? So taking quote unquote a box program, but morphing it to fit the culture of the school or if it's on site at wordplay, what Cincinnati maybe is, is needing or what yeah. the kids of Cincinnati are needing. So, Because I uh, don't uh, do an interview like a person should do an interview, I should also <laughs> ask you why, uh, just to, to, to explain what wordplay is yeah. as well for people who, who might not know. I, I mean, if you find out, if you just, what's great about it is I come from a branding world. My degree's in public relations. And just yeah. from the title alone, you hear wordplay kids and nonprofit, and you pretty much know exactly what it is. It's, it's a good name, right? Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's yeah. wordplay Cincy, but... You know, we're in Cincy, so we'll just call it wordplay. Um, <laughs> but what it is, is it's it's getting kids and in turn getting adults to love reading, writing, and storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, however that pans out. So it may be spoken word, it may be prose, it may be playwriting, it may be comic book writing. Um, however you tell your story. I know for the younger kids who don't write yet or don't write proficiently, yet um, we're doing puppets. So, so we're pushing the storytelling side of it instead Mm -hmm. of maybe the writing. But I think, um, a lot of people want, whenever people want their kids to improve their reading, they just make them read a book and not realizing that sometimes they have to write it or say it or, or just tell it. I mean, that's how I did. I come from a world of theater. That's all my world has been until recently. So I learned by reading plays out loud. That was how I read. I didn't read fiction. I, I could not my attention span would go a page or two and I'd fall asleep. Um, so for me, it was speaking it out loud. Yeah. So everyone just reads is comprehends things differently. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I was thinking about, um, I was at a conference one time, um, a comic book conference, actually, and um, I w- it, it was, um, they were talking about how young children read picture books and, and basically the way that pictures are sort of dropped very suddenly from our reading experiences, right. which is really interesting. I had never really thought about that, but we have this, like, you, you grow up with books being like words and pictures together. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point you just suddenly like drop it. Yeah. And you're expected to just like let that go really right. quickly. Um, Whereas I, don't th- I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have any science behind what I'm about to say. So no, it, but that's this is just, this that's is what the show is founded good, on. This is just me. <laughs> just thinking out loud. Just <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like we think it's too kitty. So we have to get rid of the pictures. And I think right. comic books are actually very, wonderful for like for kids to read for adults to read because you have to almost piece things together that are that are quote unquote missing i mean they're there you just have to it's like the far side comics do you remember the far side comics is that sometimes you had to read the joke and then you had to look at the picture sometimes sometimes for a long time to actually get the joke well yeah good 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 comic books um I would say that's a difference between maybe, and not, I, I don't want to, I'm generalizing also here, but a, a lot of, say, children's storybooks are written first and then illustrated second. And so right. the story ultimately can be read and understood by itself. Right. Whereas a lot of comic books are created um, with the thought in mind that the pictures are doing one part of the job and the words are doing another part right. of the job. And so um, they really do need to be working together fluidly to kind of create this whole um, and you kind of remove one from the equation and mm-hmm. it doesn't really work anymore. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, and on our side, you know, coming from art education, um, you know, we think a lot about visual literacy. Right. It's like a t- it's a different type of literacy, right. and and so I think those types of things, uh, comic books and picture books and things, I, you know, to me those really do help a person develop a visual literacy oh, as well, and that's really important to kind of understand what you're looking at and why it's doing what right. it's doing. I mean, you come from PR uh-huh. and understanding like how advertising is doing the right. job it's doing. It's like yeah. it's a way to kind of look at things and go. Oh, I yeah. know why. I know how they're manipulating Absolutely. me right now. <laughs> well, I mean, even to, even to go even further into my, like my true history has been in theater mm-hmm. and producing. Like that was how I made my living since I've been 21 years old. So theater is really not much far off from comic books in that sense or sure. the children's books in that sense is that there's words on a page, mm-hmm. but what do they look like comes later. Yeah. That comes. So I guess that's. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but I'm sitting here well, yeah, thinking, no, I'm no. like, wow, that's a connection between theater. Yeah, absolutely. And- it's 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 somebody interpreting those words right. into something visual mm-hmm. as well. And absolutely. it's something that's not, I mean, theater is, is even bigger in the sense that you have a visual, there is a visual component right. and, you know, the director is setting up these sort of pictures constantly right. with blocking and sets and everything. Um, and then there's also the aspect of, right. of performance and, and that coming into it as well. So there's, so many more layers right. of interpretation. Well, and, and much like comic books, what's on the page doesn't always make sense until until someone, quote unquote, draws the picture. Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, sometimes it can be really strange to read a script, uh, you know, and just go like, "Wait, I don't quite understand right. it." Because if you're not have if you don't have the right tone in your head, right, you miss something and you just didn't quite put it together, and then you hear somebody who really gets it and they mm-hmm. say it right. You go, "Oh, yeah. well, now no, I understand absolutely. what this is about." Yeah. Um, but yeah, it can it, it can be weird just to divorce that performance if you're not 
or if you're you're the actors in your head are doing a kind of bad job, right? <laughs> you know? oh, and that's happened too. Right? Been <laughs> in all situations. My head actors aren't doing oh, good. Oh, my head actors are their own thing. <laughs> so you so that's cool. So you you're doing uh it, a lot of different projects in schools mm-hmm. and um and you have the space, do you still have like a space where people can go, right? For yeah, like it's after on, school projects? Yeah, it's in Northside. It's on mm-hmm. Hamilton and Blue Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do, well, it's about to start. So one of the, I've only been here 10 months. Okay. Um, and one of the, they were doing an after school program, mm-hmm. um, which was basically was turning into homework help, understandably so. Yeah. Um, and so what we were, what we're trying to do for this upcoming year is kind of stray away from homework help and go back into um, writing in different styles. So, um, what we're having during the week is we'll have a playwriting class one night, a comic book. I'm calling it comic book writing, but it's really comic book storytelling, Mm -hmm. um, is the way I look at it. And then, um, writing for activism that, that one's called human rights, um, writing for a change, writing for persuasive to Mm -hmm. persuade. Um, and then on Saturday we have the Cincy scribes, which they are all over the city. I got here and I had to go to so many festivals that they were performing (laughs) at, um, which is a spoken word group. And then we have two for elementary. One is uh, about puppets for the younger ones. Okay. They they create their own puppets. They learn to tell stories through their puppets. And then one called My Memoir, which is something I'm big about, um, is that I find that kids don't really honor their history. Mm. And so they don't really understand their present and they're having a hard time projecting their future, if that makes sense. So My Memoir is kind of giving writing prompts to help, you know, interview your past, respect where you are, where do you want to go, and just help not make decisions, but help give it some kind of idea, some kind of picture in the in front of you that you can look at. So, why do you think that is? Why do you think kids don't kind of think about oh. their past? Oh, I, you know, I don't know, but it's something that I've 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 noticed. I don't know why. I think maybe, you know what? Maybe I do. So I'm from a completely different generation than these kids, and I don't know how my parents met. Yeah, they've been together forty five years. I've never heard the story of how they <laughs> met. So, and and I come from an, my mother is Canadian. Uh, my dad is a Texan, and um, accents galore. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, um, but my my dad comes from an my last name's O'Rourke, so it's a very mm. strong Irish background, right? Right. So there's this storytelling progressing forward, and I don't know what's happened. Um, I don't know if it's the generation they come from that the men don't want to tell I don't I don't I don't know I'm making this up but the men don't want to tell stories of weakness or stories of when they I I don't know but, hmm. but I know I myself don't know my parents story and as I talk to kids they don't know yeah. their parents story um and I think that's actually kind of a not a great thing that's happening and as I get older and now that I'm almost 40 next year um I want to know my parents' story and my grandparents, three of them have passed away and I want to know, I'm like, man, I wish I asked them more questions. I wish I knew more. And I think at nine, you don't appreciate it. But when you're 30, those stories will mean something. Um, And as I get older, I start to respect my Canadian background or the Irish background or um, the fact that I'm from Arkansas. Like I start to get more and more proud of where I personally come from. So yeah, I like other stories. (laughs) Uh, we have uh, one of our curators is Canadian, and we always joke about the uh, her her innate uh, Canadar, um, <laughs> and to detect when a celebrity is Canadian. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, do you have like half Canadar? Like, do you have? Oh, uh, 
<laughs> well, it gets confusing because some of my family is from Wisconsin. So, you know, oh, that's it true. To, that it blends. tends to blend. It over. does. Yeah, there's certain but, words. Um, yeah. I will tell you, my mother, her accent, my, my family lives in Arkansas now. Yeah. And um, my mother's accent has kind of gone away. But when her mm. friends come down, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, you know. <laughs> and then, and my dad, oh, my dad has the deepest Texas accent. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I come from two very different families. <laughs> did those very different? Did those two competing accents though, like, force you into oh. sort of like just mm. trying to like? Did you sort of conform to like a, a kind of neutral Midwesterny TV accent? Okay. So or? I think so. I don't know exactly because I don't have a strong accent in either direction. I do say a a lot. Yeah, um, and I do say y'all a lot <laughs> so it's but my brother has, are, i like that combo that that's great having both an a and, and a like, y'all yeah like so a, i do say a and y'all but my brother um has a deep like like really deep accent and he's got i mean i love the southern accent it's very relaxing and calming but it's not always the brightest sounding <laughs> sounding accent so my brother has this doctorate degree and he he always has this really deep down here accent. It's kind of funny. Yeah, no, it's it, it's it's a terrible thing we do, which is like uh, basically stereotype like that accent as we do. stupid. <laughs> like if I'm telling a story and sometimes I'm telling a story and there's like somebody who I want to show is stupid in the story, I will like totally give it's them so true. these the southern accent, whether they had one or no, not. My brother right? has more like, degrees than I've got. How terrible is that? <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. I know it's, it's the meanest thing we do. Is and like, my and my dad has one of the deepest accents I have ever heard, but for a Texas accent, but I, hands down one of the smartest men I've yeah. I have in my life, hands well, down. And I guess that's also this sort of like. Uh, the power of narrative and stories is that w that's what basically we've we've been taught via like right. shorthand through television and right. everything is that like oh well this is the country bumpkin character yes, right exactly like, that's how we sort of show like a person's like oh they're not so bright oh, they're not, but they has nothing to do with anything right so. it's just like where they grew up oh. it doesn't make any difference and i feel bad because i'm from arkansas and texas that's where i was raised primarily yeah. so shame on me i should know better <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a hard thing to break. I know. I, like I said, I would do it probably right now if you if I was just telling a story, I would easily slip into that accent oh, and yeah. just go like, oh, you know, you would put on <laughs> that little character of, of, you know, it's really funny. Those sort of different voices. Uh, it's every once in a while I'll sort of evaluate like, why do I do this voice for this <laughs> person? Like when I'm telling a story and I go, oh, well, I've got uh -huh. this is my sort of indignant lady voice this is my it's true <laughs> like i have all these different characters that it, i like run through yep that's totally true this is my jock <laughs> voice this is my yep no, yeah you're right yep so uh is there any other thing you know is there anything else you'd like to let us know about wordplay or anything you guys have coming up or anything like that well i mean I, every we have the classes that i mentioned earlier but i think um one of my favorite things is they do an open mic night it's about every other month mm -hmm. right now working on making it an every month thing it's focused mainly for teens oh cool um it's all on the website um we have a partnership with cincinnati opera for the for a show in 2020 there uh we're right now it's called girls 2020 i'm not saying that's what that's just what we're calling it because it, it's the 100 year anniversary of both the cincinnati opera and women voting in america oh wow so um they're using a lot of our um young young women who we work with and music resource center works with um, in their Walnut Hills, um, working together with Cincinnati Opera to put that on. And then every time I blink, there's something new. So, so, so the kids are writing things that will become like it, 
the words to music that is I, written in later. a way they're they're it's they're partnering with a professional uh-huh. uh, in the field of music and then um, playwriting as well. Okay, uh, how that I mean I've. I, I did a project very, very similar to that in Florida for about 10 years, but um, I don't go into the sessions because it all is it is all young women. Mm-hmm. So I tend to think that my presence is actually a hindrance, not a right, help. Right. So um, what, what, what's going on there and what their process is, I don't exactly know. Okay. But I know they're having lots of conversations <laughs> and she's taking lots of notes. So, you know, I'm kind of excited to see what that will end up as for cool. sure. Well, uh, if you're ready, I thought we could go look at some art in the galleries. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Okay. Well, we're going to go out into the galleries and check out a work. I feel like I feel like we need to just acknowledge. Like I feel like I need right, to acknowledge. I'm not as eloquent. Well, this is this is the good thing is whenever this has happened and we lose a recording, we I can say if you don't like what we're about to say and you think we sound stupid, uh, just know that we were so smart the first time we did it. <laughs> the first take was flawless. Oh, epic! It was epic. It was brilliant. Right. Um, we were like we didn't know we could be so smart. No, as I we were talking, we were like. Is the, um, am I saying these words? No. I can't believe it. And so um, that's the good thing is right. that whatever we do now, uh, just know that the first take was really amazing. And this is, I'm sorry you're getting like little kind of okay version, but uh, yeah, it was my fault. Uh, we didn't actually record the first part. Oh, this um, is not how the world here. ends. So we are standing... <laughs> We're not we standing are. anywhere. We're sitting. We're sitting. We're not standing anywhere. This is a, this is how thrown I am. I can't even describe what what we're our bodies are doing. Oh, like, you're hilarious. I don't even know where we are anymore. We're in Gallery 140 though. Um in the Asian wing and we are looking at a mural on the wall called Winshu Bodhisattva of Wisdom at a writing table. I mentioned this before, but uh you weren't we didn't record it. Um <laughs> So this is, a, you know, I said it's a mural. It's not actually painted on our wall. It was painted on a temple wall um, that has been taken out and, and transported to, to here. Um, not recently. This happened, you know, we acquired it in 1950. You know, I think a lot of those murals from that temple, I had I'd done some research before, have also been kind of spread out around museums around the world. Um, so I'm going to let you describe what we are looking at and try to pretend you don't know anything I told you from the first time. Right, right. So I'll sound really smart this go round. <laughs> I asked questions and now I get to use your answers exactly. as my own. Exactly. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to have to say the word again. What is it? Bodhi- Bodhisattva. Are you making it up too or do you No, no, I actually know that. Okay. Bodhi- so Bodhi- 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 have you ever seen, uh, you know, that uh, Patrick Swayze movie, uh, Point Break? His character is named Bodhi Sattva in the movie. No, it's not. Yes, it, it is. is. Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva, yeah. Are you saying F, F or V? V. Bodhisattva. Sattva. Sattva. See the double T's there? Bodhisattva. And we just, we recorded um, some ASL videos uh-huh. um, in this um, gallery. We, we did different uh, highlights where we're going to put them online soon. Right. And our poor interpreter had to spell the word Bodhisattva mm-hmm. out. 
every time. And she had to memorize it because right. she had to like, she couldn't just, she had so to know how to spell sign what it. What you don't know about me, what I have not mentioned is I have an uh, associate's degree in American Sign Language Interpreting. What? Yeah, and I would totally want to smack someone if they, they said, said that word going, oh my gosh, what did oh, you say? We said it like in the script we gave her, we probably said it five or six times. Oh. And then we like cut it down Bonies. as to the bare minimum yeah, of how many times you could spell it's because we just felt so bad that we were making her do it over. And she was just like, okay. And then we, we would do another take because she's like, I think I messed it up that time. And like, so let's do it again. Like, okay. Yeah, um, those interpreters, they got to know a lot of stuff. Well, anyway, a bodhisattva anyway. is like an enlightened um, follower of Buddha. Um, I, I, I hate to not to make like a too western of a correlation because it's not probably 100 percent accurate but you can kind of think of them as like a saint yeah it's like a buddha saint but it's not but i mean they've it got is. the sun around their head i mean <laughs> i know i've just i mean while i'm we're sure at i just it, made somebody very mad by saying that that's but, okay but i, I mean, feel like it helps if you don't have like a sense of the religion it might help you kind of understand like where they stand in that sense of like you know this is the bodhisattva of wisdom so in that same way that there are saints who are like the patron saint of this and and so it's this idea of a person who's achieved enlightenment to this uh, uh place you know that they are they are sort of a higher being almost so right anyway so you were going to describe this for us <laughs> Oh, yes, I was. Before we took a major detour. Major detour through ASL. Right, yeah. Um, well, the bodhisattva, as I can say, of wisdom, sitting at a very ornate table, um, brush in hand or pen in hand, ready to write something, and then a servant in the down left-hand corner, bottom left-hand corner. That last time you thought looked like an Oompa Loompa. looks exactly like an Oompa Loompa <laughs> without the green hair. I'm not going to let you like get away with uh, that's not okay. saying that. That's okay. Feel free to bring it up. <laughs> Feel free to bring it up. And I thought he was holding Swiss rolls, but it's probably more like scrolls. Probably. Yes, I'm going to guess. I mean, 1,300. <laughs> I think little Debbie wasn't around yet. And um, <laughs> they're lost. <laughs> they're lost. I'm so right. sorry. <laughs> you can only have so much wisdom without a without a Swiss roll or a star crunch or whatever you <laughs> pick whatever your poison. You <laughs> so we're a little slap happy the second time around. Um, this is actually probably better for them. Uh, well, you know, uh, around around the bodhisattva, I got to keep looking at the word of wisdom's head um, is the sun. Um, so the fact that you compared it to a saint, even though it may not be a hundred percent accurate comparison, mm -hmm. is kind of Cool, because that's usually what I see in art. Well, it's like a halo the time effect, period is right? the halo. Yeah, it's 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 a thing. And right. in this case, that halo isn't necessarily um, like I don't think you would see that on other bodhisattvas. This one is pretty specific, I think, to Winshu oh. in this moment, and it's because it is showing this moment of him receiving the kind of divine inspiration for his writing right. that he is about to um, do. So we're catching him in this moment. The piece is trying to capture this exact moment of inspiration because his brush is raised, ready to right. write. And he's ready to write because there is a that servant is holding a whole lot of scrolls. Like, we're going to get this, through a lot. <laughs> this bodhisattva's got a lot of ideas. And we see this, like, ink stick <laughs> down here, the little, like, right. uh, little pitcher for the water to like activate the ink yeah um and so he's like kind of got all the parts ready but the this page in front of him is still blank so we don't have any actual words yet so we're catching him in this moment of inspiration mm -hmm. which is pretty cool yeah and then um the other thing the other thing i think we said in the last time that was very i mean you 
you mentioned about the dulling of colors over time, and maybe there was something in the top well, right you, corner. Yeah. Now, now, don't cut yourself short. You're the one who asked about it. <laughs> I did. You I asked did. about the doll, and I, and I am, I just, I don't know if, um, you know, I, I'm assuming that these colors were at one time a little Much, bit brighter, probably, right. um, and that they've been, you know, worn away by time and right. by other well, and, and elements and things. So. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal what actually you've said before. Sure. Is the the fact that when you look at Asian um oh not pottery Asian, oh well pottery or pottery. ceramics yeah, or, yeah ceramics when you look at that when it's been glazed over and it can actually withstand time the colors tend to be very bright yeah there's a lot of really crisp. bright colors in chinese right. art that horse i was mentioning uh that's kind of nearby uh, in a room is like covered in super bright colors the glazes are like bright blue and yellow and stuff so just in those things that we can see that um, have survived time um, I think it's safe to assume that probably, you know, we know that uh, a lot of China, Chinese art is very colorful and bright. And I think it's it's a good, safe assumption that just this, a lot of these colors are worn down. That I, yeah. when I look at his robes, I can assume that probably that used to be very bright white in sections right. and very bright green in other sections. So, mm -hmm. yeah. You know what's funny, though? I'm going to say this, because the last time I said the servant's eyes were closed, and now it looks like they're open. I can't tell. Oh, you know what? Um, it looks I, like he's looking up. I think he's looking up. Earlier, I was like, I think the you bottom were... looks like the eyelash, like a closed eyelash. No, I think you are, I think you're correct. He is looking up. I think that's his pupil that we're kind of seeing yeah. at the top there of the eye, looking up at Winshu, and Winshu's kind of looking down at his page, but right. you know, his eyes are kind of narrowly focused he's not sort of bright-eyed um it's it's again it's a kind of calmness see? and uh see it's pays to look at things more right. than it, once i'm right? telling you it, it definitely pays to <laughs> not push play on your recorder because i did not see that the first time <laughs> now you're gonna sound so much smarter i totally am <laughs> well we had talked a little bit about kind of comparing the renaissance again just talking about that and another thing we had mentioned was the um the sense of perspective, yeah, which is also really different right. in a in a lot of Asian art, um, and you'll see that he, this is a great example of um, that sort of isometric view where things don't recede, uh, don't get smaller as they go further back into space. Um, so it, it's a different kind of idea of space, and also you know we have this servant who is much much smaller than Wen Shu, and I don't know if that's meant to be literal, I, I assume it would not be meant, you know, I assume yes. when she was supposed to be the same, you know, roughly person sized and, uh, <laughs> and we're just sort of meant to understand that, uh, when she was of greater importance in this scene. And so yes. he gets to be bigger in the scene and the serpent is just, you know, is, is very close to an actual person's size. Right. Really. If you know, we were Despite standing there. his Oompa Loompa look. Yeah, he does have kind yes. of an orangish skin that does have a <laughs> oompa loompa quality. I'm just telling you. <laughs> so now, the last time um, I asked you to come up with three words yeah. because you know that you're 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 from wordplay, right? So let's play with words. And I don't have to think as hard this time. You don't have to think of this hard because you've already got them yes. uh, right there. So what were the three words you came up with to describe this piece? So at first, I said focused and peaceful. Mm -hmm. um, why, why, why did you well, say I focus? Say, I say focus because we're talking about, um, okay, I'm looking at the word again, bodhis, bodhisattva. 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 Yeah. And I mean, by the way, um, I'm saying that as if I am like the absolute authority. You know what, if we like, both, 
you know what? If we both say it the same way, no one will I mean, I'm sure nobody the experts. <laughs> right. I'm sure that's not right either. It's just like, you know, get, everyone you know, should give themselves a break. When I life. dealt with kids, I just said whenever they didn't know how to say a word, they would look at me. I'm like, I don't know how to say it either. Just say it the way you think and I'm going to buy it. <laughs> um, no, I was saying focused also because we're, we're um, because it, there's a wisdom aspect about the person, the large person. Um, I said focused because he's about to write down words. And I think if you're in the midst of wisdom and you're about to write down your own wisdom, you're going to be focused. I say peaceful because I don't know why, but a lot of Asian art does tend to have a peaceful quality about it. Mm -hmm. um, just, and I said earlier, despite the fact that the sun, the sun's a bit raging. <laughs> the sun, the sun has definitely got some anger to it, but um, peaceful. And then I hesitated on saying the word huge, but huge is just the third word just because the the size of the piece in general is really massive especially in comparison to the rest of the room yeah and and that scale is not I, I, and i don't think you need to feel guilty about pointing out its scale because <laughs> i think it is it is a big part of the piece and it, it's an important you know i i mentioned this came from like a temple Right? right. So this is a part of religious architecture, essentially. Absolutely. And when you go into a cathedral, you know, the scale is huge and it's meant to have a humbling effect on you. You're meant to sort of understand that there are things bigger than you. Right. And so I think that's the point here. I, I, yeah, I think that scale is is a big part. <laughs> oh, big um, part of <laughs> see what you did there. Uh, yeah. Of what we're supposed to get from this. Right. And, and the fact that, you know, we talked about how um, the servant is human scale and if you you know think about this like he's also closer to the floor like right. we are so it's kind of easier to identify with, with him with him and then we kind of look up more to Winshu and he has this right. sort of magnificent presence with this glowing orb of inspiration behind yeah. him it's like you know there's so much um going on it's kind of interesting too we we, we mentioned a, a little bit of, uh about the lotus up in the corner and i kind of to me and i again not an expert um right. but i do feel like as we move up this picture um we go kind of from earthly to divine right as you move up and there's something about that lotus which symbolizes rebirth um that feels to me a little bit symbolic and maybe less literally in this space yeah. i don't know it's if also it's above the sun yeah, exactly. Is, and it's just, it's it's interesting because it does sort of, because the image is worn away in parts, it can be hard to necessarily tell also, like, maybe it does fit into the space in a very literal way. Like, it's just part of the architecture painted on the wall behind it, which which could be possible. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Right. But the way it also seems to be surrounded by the kind of swirling smoke of the yeah. flames here also... Um, I don't know, smoke always feels kind of spiritual to me. It's mm -hmm. ethereal and, you know, it's, it's, it can't be touched. Um, yeah. So it has those qualities. It's probably the reason when you go to like a Catholic church, they bring out those incense. Swingers, That's true. You know, true. it's got a, and, and it's like getting all your senses going. You've got the smells, <laughs> the sounds, the lights. <laughs> you know that theater true. i mean i'm going strictly by movies that i've watched i was not raised catholic but i see what you're saying oh neither was i yeah i know that's probably not right for me to say in cincinnati that i was not raised catholic but no I no i was uh, yeah no that's why that's sort of like my part of my obsession with catholicism uh -huh. is that like it was exotic you know it, yeah like i went to like a rather 
Spartan Southern Baptist church that was <laughs> like, you know, decor was right. minimal. Yeah. And then I go to this, you know, a Catholic church. I'm like, they have paintings. Oh, they have sculptures. Huge. This is amazing. Yeah. Why don't we go here? You There's know, art. <laughs> it's so funny. I was, I was raised, I was, I'm not one now, but I was raised Jehovah's witness and um, someone I dated a while. We went to the memorial because uh -huh. I would go every year because it, it What's makes my memorial? mother happy. It's um, honoring Christ's death is what it is. Oh, okay. Um, and I went and the, and the, the person I went with was very much like, uh, this is like Catholicism, which I never went to Catholic, uh, really? Catholic church before. In what so way? I, I think because, um, there was the drinking of the wine and the taking oh, okay. of the wafers, but not everybody did it. Huh. Um, because Jehovah's witnesses only believe a certain number go to heaven and the rest will be resurrected on earth. I was, was just, their belief, I was so. just listening to somebody discuss, um, Jehovah's witness, um, uh, services and I didn't right. really I realized I knew nothing about them because I'd never been to one and <laughs> I understood a lot and I was just too. like oh and they I think um, now correct me if I'm wrong but they were saying that it's like kind of very like orderly right? it is like it's kind of very organized and, and yeah. almost it's not super it's certainly not that kind of like passionate like no, Maybe the like, passionate speaking from the state. No, it's right, not. right. It's it's very like kind of calm. It and is. It does tend to be that. I I and what's what's interesting is is that whatever I got in Little Rock, Arkansas, on mm -hmm. a Thursday night or a Sunday, they were getting in. I don't know Brooklyn, or they were getting in California. So it's like the same yeah. everywhere. It may not be on of, the same day, but yeah, it is the same. Like well, that's also week. kind of has a little bit of a tie with like. Um, I don't know if I think Catholicism also shows what oh. I don't know, right? Like, how, because again, like, I don't know. I didn't grow up with it. There are comparisons between, because Jehovah's Witness is that religion that kind of teeters on Christianity and Judaism. There's that. Oh, in what way? Um, there's certain things that are very, that are very uh, Jewish in tone. So they don't believe in hell. Okay. They, they don't. They don't believe. Well, that's that, awesome. Like, why yeah. are more people? This is. I think. Witnesses? Well, there's other reasons, maybe, why they're not. But <laughs> I always wondered. I was just like, you're just like well, you I mean, there's still a Christian it. religion. So, so for example, I mean, sexuality is purely heterosexual. Right. Or, and and um, because it's a religion based on con conversion, you not everyone is like my grandparents or my parents who mm -hmm. are very liberal in scope you know yeah. how, you know how when you like learn to play piano or you get into something right away you go whole hog like you're really in it and a lot of the people who convert in tend to be very strict in their mm -hmm. thinking when there's really if you get down to the base of what jehovah's witnesses believe as my grandparents taught me there's not a lot of strictness of right and wrong there's choice but i feel like that that kind of goes across the board for like i i in a lot of religions, like when somebody converts, like the people who kind of grow up with it a lot of right. times are a little more like, eh, well, oh, yeah. you can interpret this a lot of different yeah. ways. They tend to be, have a little more even temper yeah. about it. And then you have that person who like, like I lived a wild life. <laughs> and yes. Like, yes. Well, and they met, tend to be the ones who are very like dogmatic about I it because it's like people, this fear of returning to their old ways. Absolutely. Well, like I met, I met a kid, not a kid. He's my age. Um, back in Florida, um, and several others who were like, oh, I wasn't allowed to go to the circus. And I'm like, what? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm screwed because I, my dad and mom took me to the circus all the time. That's not a Jehovah's Witness belief. I don't know who told you that. So they were a, they were a, they were a Jehovah's Witness They were too. former Jehovah's Witness who they said they weren't allowed to go to the circus. Weren't allowed to go. And then someone else told me they weren't allowed to eat cotton candy. And I'm like, 
oh my gosh, my parents have really did a number on me if that's a real belief. Because <laughs> so I, I was very fortunate, and also you know coming coming out as gay, a lot of Jehovah's Witness families. Not I shouldn't even say a lot. I feel like. As a gay man, a lot we feel like they're going to push us away and not talk to us anymore. Yeah, and I don't have a single family member that doesn't talk well, to good. me, so it's it's all personal choice. Yeah. Well, sorry, Winchu. We uh, okay. Sorry, Winchu. For- <laughs> <laughs> we went from thirteen hundred to two thousand and eighteen in a matter of two minutes. But that's okay. It's okay. That's why we do this. I mean, it's all still about religion. It and, is, and that's so. It's not. It's not so off topic. Right. Well, and that's part of the. Well, but nonetheless, I mean, if you want to circle it back, that's part of our 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 our, our personal wisdom anyway. Right? Is our stories. My story well, yeah. is my experience. My experience was Jehovah's Witness. That was my childhood. Yeah, um, and and we're as we're as we're looking at at somebody who's about to write and record, and you know that's something you you've hit upon before is yeah. that the importance of that of of sort of writing and of of recording our stories. Absolutely, and that that's our sense of self. You know. Yeah. That's, well, and I I think that's what I was saying. Even was saying earlier when you, we were just talking in the room is that um, we don't know our stories anymore because mm-hmm. we don't write them down. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at something from 1300. Right, like here's a story that has been preserved, and 600 years later, it's returned. I mean, that's the importance of art, whether it be visual or written or theatrical. Like that's how you maintain story: mm-hmm. is you put it on paper, you put it on canvas, you uh, put it on stage, or whatever it is. Um, and that's why I'm kind of a little bummed that nowadays we tend to forget where we come from, and not necessarily Ireland or any <laughs> of that, but just like something as simple as how did your parents meet. Yeah, you know, and yeah. putting that on paper and remembering that forever, yeah, because it makes us who we are. Well, that's a nice, yeah. uh, nice point. So I want to thank you for uh, being my guest today. <laughs> thank you, and for recording this twice. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> it was. I, I think we sounded better the think second we sounded time. Better the yeah, second time. Yeah, Thank you for listening to Art Palace. We hope that you'll be inspired to come visit the Cincinnati Art Museum and have conversations about the art yourself. General admission to the museum is always free, and we also offer free parking. The special exhibition on view right now is Make Way for Ducklings, the art of Robert McCloskey. Join us on September 1st for Family First Saturday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. for a full day of free family fun that celebrates Robert McCloskey and his illustrations. Meet authors and illustrators, see a puppet show, and enjoy hands-on art making. Starting this year, Family First Saturday will also feature special activities for preschoolers from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. For program reservations and more information, visit CincinnatiArtMuseum.org. You can follow the museum on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and also join our Art Palace Facebook group. Our theme song is Ofrande Musicale by Bacalao. And like always, please rate and review us. It always helps others find the show. I'm Russell Eyrig, and this has been Art Palace, produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum.